Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, we were really ahead of our time. Because a month ago, when we were getting into the weeds about the Met rotation, I mapped out a scenario in which Jacob deGrom could be maneuvered to pitch the opener of the series against Atlanta. With the thought being, hey, I'm not a fan of it, but you could then line him up to pitch the final day of the regular season. A few Rico Bronias later, I said, ah, you know what? Buck's got it lined up even better than that. He's got Bassett lined up for game one, DeGrom for game two, Scherzer for game three. And if you want to win game 162, because maybe you need to, you've got Chris Bassett. All right. If you lose that game, you sacrifice him in game three of the wild card series, but at least you still have DeGrom and Scherzer. And we actually engaged, Pete, you may remember this, in a little debate. Would you pitch Jake in a game 162? And I can't believe Buck's actually doing this. Buck rejigged his rotation the way we sort of talked about a month ago. I was surprised by that, too. Do you like that? Mm, no, I don't. I felt like it was in the perfect spot. We were we were where we needed to be. Now, listen, I still think that they're going to win the division. So, in the end, it doesn't really matter who pitches 162. So, that's that optimistic uh, Pete Hoffman right now. But, say, for example, it doesn't go that way. Um, we were talking about the playoffs and so where we were going to go. I think I still want – I'm leaning towards I still would want DeGrom to be for one or two. And, and if there was a – if they had to play the wild card. And that now that now you're saying it's not. Well, no, no, no. He could pitch game one or two of the wild card series if the Mets don't win this division. I, I think the, the question this creates, and Buck didn't commit to it, but he's certainly giving it an option. If the Mets lose two out of three in this series, and then they win Monday, they win Tuesday, the Braves win Monday, the Braves win Tuesday, the New York Mets would go into 162 needing a win to win the NL East. Magic number of one. They win their game against Washington final Wednesday of the season. They win the division. 
But if they lose and the Braves win, the Mets lose the division. They'll open the wild card series in two days. That's a, I, I don't want to say it's a likely scenario. It's a very possible scenario. No question about it. Would you start Jacob deGrom in that game? And the problem with it is that if you start him in that game and you lose, and it's baseball, so don't give me this, oh, but you lost to the Nationals. That's embarrassing. It's baseball. You can lose to anybody. Jacob deGrom doesn't even have to have a bad day and you could lose that game. Maybe you don't hit. Maybe whoever you face that day, whether it's Josiah Gray or Eric Fetty or some schmuck from the minors we've never heard of, the Mets don't hit and they lose the game. And now you have created a scenario where Jacob DeGrom may not pitch in the playoffs. You've done that because he's out of the wild card series. Yes, you have Scherzer. Yes, you have Bassett. Yes, you can win anyway. I'm not saying you can't, but I am saying that that risk to me is so, so risky and I wouldn't do it. Would I do it with Chris Bassett? Sure. Would I do that with Jacob DeGrom? I don't think I would because you open up a possibility of not having Jacob DeGrom pitch a postseason game. That is literally a possibility you have. And by the way, I've acknowledged based on the tweets I've gotten about this when we talked about this a month ago, so I'm assuming the opinions are the same, that I'm in the minority that people have the sense of, well, you have to treat that like a playoff game, so go win the division. I, yeah, but you can lose it. And I, and that's not a loser's mentality. The My winning mentality is I can pitch somebody else and beat the Washington Nationals. And then I've got Scherzer and DeGrom ready if I don't win that game in the wild card series. And if I do, it doesn't matter. You'd be ready for the divisional series anyway. Like, that's the thing. If you pitch game, Jake in 162, He'd still be ready for game one of the divisional series because it's Wednesday and game one would be the following Tuesday. But I don't love it. So I, I'm not saying this is going to make the difference between the Mets winning the division and not because I don't think it will. I don't think the order of who pitches this weekend is that big of a deal uh, unless Jake is just itching to get back out there because he sucked last week uh, or Bassett really does need an extra day or two because he's thrown so many innings. Those are things we don't really know. So it's not the order of this weekend. It's more... I don't see a scenario where I personally would pitch Jacob DeGrom at 162. I just wouldn't. All right. So so here's the dilemma that I'm kind of like trying to think in my head. Are they thinking that Jake needs an extra start before the playoffs? Is that part of the the, the philosophy? Or or because here's my thing is I think if 162, when it comes down to it, you do you start your p- best pitcher if you're desperate, if you need it, okay, fine. But my position right now, the best pitcher versus the worst team, it's Max Scherzer followed by Chris Bassett. Bassett, not saying that he beat he beat up on bad pitching, only, uh, bad players, bad teams only, I should say, but he's consistent. You look at what he's done against any of these bad low level teams; he dominates them. Well, look, I think, but but Degrom, Bassett, or Scherzer are all great matchups against the Nationals because the Nationals are terrible, and those are the three best pitchers that we have. It's more. I'm not looking at that game. I'm looking at if you lose that game because baseball's baseball, not because I'm giving you a loser mentality, but because baseball's a funny game. And you lose that game and you open the playoffs 48 hours later, you've burned who's ever started that game. And I will say this. I correct myself because you actually said something and it sparked my brain on this. There is a scenario where DeGrom starts game 162. They've already won the division. And so that's a tune-up start. 
And that's not a big deal because you're not opening your postseason for five more days when the divisional series starts. I'm more talking about the possibility that you've got a wild card series that would start 48 hours later. So you may be right that Buck's view of this may not be to start him in game 162 because you need the division. He may look at it as, I just want him to make another start. And if we have the division wrapped up, which is the ideal scenario, he's going to pitch four innings. It's just a tune-up start, like a lot of starters have before their final start before the postseason. So that's a little different. I'm not thinking about it in those terms. I'm thinking about it in the terms of what if you need the game? And what if you may have to play Friday in the wild card series against what is clearly the San Diego Padres? I think that's become obvious with the way the Phillies are choking. They may not even make the playoffs at this point that if the Mets don't win the division or if you're a Brave fan and they don't win the division, you're likely matched up with the San Diego Padres in the first round, which is not easy when you look at that team. Juan Soto's getting hot. And you look at that rotation. You Darvish and Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove. Like that's, that's a tough rotation. It's a part of why I want nothing to do with this wild card series. Now, I, I don't, for the record, agree with what Beningo has said to me on Saturdays, and he has said it many times before that on his podcast or wherever. No, not about Jacob DeGrom. We clearly disagree about that. That's obvious. Uh, but the idea that the Mets can't win this thing if they're the wild card team, they can. Now, will I be depressed? Will Hoff be depressed? Will we all be depressed that after leading this division all season long and having the division in front of you going into this weekend against Atlanta, where really a sweep would be the thing that keeps you from winning the division. Of course, we'd be pissed off and massively disappointed. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but you play a best of three series against the Padres as dangerous as it is, you can win it. And then you can beat the Dodgers. And then you could be in the freaking World Series anyway. I acknowledge that. We all know that. We just don't want to deal with that right now especially when you have the division right in front of you. So it'll be fascinating to see how that final series is managed if those games matter. But look, the Mets have it in front of them where those final games may not matter. If the New York Mets win two out of three this weekend, forget the sweep. A sweep obviously clinches the NLEs goodbye. If the Mets win two out of three, they put themselves in a spot where all they've got to do is win a game a game against the Washington Nationals. Not three games, not two games, a game. So winning two out of three, I don't want to say wins you the National League East, but wins you the National League East. I mean, it it does. As negative as we may be, I don't think they're getting swept by the Nationals, though I should bite my tongue before I say that. I guess that could happen, right? (laughs) Though, Mattingly has said, Hoff, Alcantara would pitch game 162 against the Braves if the game matters. So at least we'd be getting the help of Sandy Alcantara pitching game 162. Uh, Thanks, Donnie. I really appreciate you going all the way out. Like maybe like skip a couple series when you're playing us. Like that, that's the one thing I can't stand. You you know, you weren't on it last night, but the fact is going into yesterday, Marlins, Pirate, not Pirate, Pirates, Marlins, Cubs, and Nationals, they were one and six at home. I mean, that that hurt yeah. my feelings, dude. That yeah. hurt my feelings. That hurt my soul. Like, why why now do you have to step up? Why couldn't you it, step up like against other teams? It's crazy. When you look back at what's happened over the last month 
really since the Dodger game, since the Mets won two out of three against, you know, the best team in all baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they were gifted a fairly easy schedule and they haven't taken advantage of it. Now, I know that road trip that we were just on was a positive two out of three against Milwaukee, a disappointing two out of three against Oakland, but look, four to six on the road, but you're right. You know, they, they made things look better by sweeping Pittsburgh, which was very necessary. But when you look at this stretch of games and you see losing two out of three to Washington, getting swept by the Chicago, actually there's some mixed in between that, uh, losing two out of three to Washington, winning two out of three against the Pittsburgh Pirates against the Miami Marlins, but felt like that wasn't enough. Getting swept by the Chicago Cubs, sweeping the Pittsburgh Pirates, splitting with the Miami Marlins. There's a lot of... It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Wins left on the table. And so maybe we should feel almost lucky that the Braves lost as often as they did. I know that's a weird statement to make because they played so well uh, really since June 1st. But if you look at, all right, they split against the Phillies. Okay, they won four to six against Washington, which maybe we take as a victory because they didn't win all six against the Nationals. So the fact that all of that happened that we just described and we're going into the Atlanta series up one, we, I guess, for the first time got fortunate in terms of the way Atlanta played. But there's no doubt they left a lot of wins on the table. But I think it's also a reminder. The Mets have won 98 games this season. They're going to win more games than any of us have ever seen, unless you're over the age of 45 and you remember 88 and you remember 86. When you get your, when you get to that number, there's going to be games you lose. But when you get to that number in a runaway, you don't really care that much about the games you lose. But because the Atlanta Braves have had a great year too, almost microcosm of what the Mets have done record-wise, it just puts an emphasis on those bad losses. And I think what's also made it difficult is that those losses have occurred at home. The Mets have played well on the road during this final month. You know, they won two out of three against the Pirates. They won two out of three against the Marlins. They won two out of three against the Brewers. They won two out of three against the Oakland A's. Like, these duds that you just talked about, Pete, they were all at home. And we all watched it. And they all felt like very similar games in which the offense went to sleep. And while Eduardo Escobar changed the narrative with this huge September, at times this offense has felt overly reliant on Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. And when you look at what they did in the finale of this series against Miami, they didn't get much from Pete Alonso, including striking out on a slider five feet off the plate. They didn't get much from Francisco Lindor. But man, they certainly got something from Eduardo Escobar. That's for damn sure. All right, as far as this series is concerned, when Max Scherzer has faced the Atlanta Braves this season as a New York Met, he has made three starts, two of which have been in Atlanta. One was at City Field. He is three and oh. Max Scherzer is three for three 
against the Atlanta Braves this season. And his worst start he made was that wild 9-7 game that they won in which he gave up four runs in six and a third innings. But he's three for three. Chris Bassett has pitched really well against the Braves in both starts, one of which was a hard lock loss, one of which was a really good win back in July. And Jacob deGrom has a win against the Braves. That was his first start back, back at City Field, when he pitched into the sixth inning and made one mistake to Dansby Swanson. And then, boy, this is the game that haunts me to a degree. Because if they win this game, this whole race looks completely different right now. The finale against Atlanta in that four-game series, I think it was the last time they've played them, August 18th, when Jake had that battling at bat, I think it was Vaughn Grissom, gave up the infield single, he got pulled for Seth Lugo, then base it up the middle. Guy scores from first because Brandon Nimmo's got a noodle arm, and then the Mets can't rally in the ninth inning when Francisco Lindor has literally stolen a base easily, slides in a second, Alonzo hits a pop-up. The whole thing's a mess. That was, in a lot of ways, their most frustrating loss of the season. And was that game on Jake? Not really. It was disappointing that Jake couldn't get that last out. I think it changed the whole game because, of course, you have to take him out. Unless Lugo comes in and the whole thing was a mess. So you have three guys who have not only been, or for the most part, their three best starters. But you got three guys that have pitched well against the Atlanta Braves. The Mets have done a good job against Max Fried. Max Fried's one of the better pitchers in baseball. He's got a two and a half ERA. When you look at the way the Mets have faced him this year, how they've worked him, how they've gotten his pitch count up, how they've kind of scratched at him, they've done a decent job against him. Charlie Morton's all or nothing. I mean, he can dominate for six innings, strike out 14 guys, or you can knock his ass out of the second inning. Kyle Wright, they have faced twice. I think they've done a decent job against him. He's a 20-win guy, but a lot of that's sort of luck. A lot of that's, you know, getting run support. So I feel pretty good about these matchups. You have to. I think Jake and Freed are almost a wash, and that's not saying that Max Freed's as good as Jacob DeGrom. It's that Freed's had a great complete season, and DeGrom is facing his first struggle, really, in a very long time. Not just his last start against Oakland, but certainly that last inning against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Boy, Jacob DeGrom and the narrative around him, it is going to be altered by what happens Friday night. If he goes out there and dominates or pitches well, I think you forget about what happened against Oakland and people go back to, all right, Jake's back. If DeGrom struggles again, there's going to be a panic. There's going to be a, not that he isn't a big game pitcher. I don't think he's going to be redefined. I know 2015 is a long time ago, but I think he showed us what he can do in a big spot, but I get it. It's a long time ago. How many big games has he really pitched since then? Not his fault, but it's true. But how Jake pitches Friday is going to change our mentality one way or the other. He pitches great. Okay, Jake's back. He gets bombed. Uh Uh-oh. Something's wrong with him. I do like when looking at this matchup, I guess I would have liked Max on Sunday night as your, okay, things have gone wrong. Our last call to order is Max Scherzer to save us on Sunday. I know you don't think about that necessarily if you're a manager, but Max Scherzer in many ways is our most trusting guy. And so, and he's pitched really well against the Braves, not just this season, but in his career. 
having him as a breaking case of emergency guy Sunday night would have been a good feeling. But look, I think Buck has lined this up like it was the playoffs. That's the way he's done it. And I think that's the way uh, Brian Snitker's done it. It really is like a playoff series with the way this thing is lined up and Atlanta altered their rotation, which they should. I have no problem with that. They know the value of this divisional race. Let's get our best three pitchers lined up to pitch. Spencer Strotter would be up there. He's banged up. So obviously he's not pitching in this series. But they got their three guys lined up. We have our three guys lined up. Let's freaking go. That's what it comes down to. Let's go.